Good morning. Um, today we're learning a sicha um, having to do with the Mishnayas um, that we say before and after we say each parak and pirke abais, which we're going to begin to do uh, beginning from Pesach. Uh, the Shabbat between Pesach and Shavuos, we, we learn Pirkei Abbas, and according to our minute, we continue to do so the entire summer. And we know that we always um, preface the Pirkei Abbas with a certain Mishnah, and we conclude with a certain Mishnah. And today's Sicha, um, which is the second Sicha of the project uh, for this week, uh, found in Lukate Sicha Yud Zayin, um, discusses these two Mishnayas, and uh, we're really in for a very special treat today. Um, before I begin, I want to dedicate uh, our learning to the schos of Rafua Shlema, Ukreva, and Nisi, um, to Harav Yosef Yitzchak ben Simachasya. And I also want to share the good news that um, the, the baby uh, who we, we davened for the mother last uh, week when we were when we were learning, um, the baby was born Baruch Hashem b'shataiva mitzlachas, and he was just named Aryeh Leiv. So um, the class is also in the schos of Aryeh Leiv. Zehakaton gadol and he should bring a lot of Yiddish nachas to his parents and to his family. Um, and he is the nephew of one of our classmates, uh, Rachel Spiro and um, the child of two Binghamton alumni. Um, so now we will begin uh, the Sicha, Seif Aleph. Rabbi Hananya ben Akashia Oimer, Rabbi Hananya ben Akashia always says, Ratzah Kaddish Baruch Hu says Yisrael, Hashem wants to give merit to B'nai Yisrael, L'fichach Hirbalahem Terem Mitzvahs, therefore, the Ebster gave us abundant mitzvahs. Shenemar, as it says, Hashem chafez leman tzitkoi, Hashem desires for the sake of his righteousness, yagdil terah v'yadir, to um, make the terah greater and to bring it more glory. Maimer zesh ben Akashia. So this saying, this, uh, this teaching of Rabbi Hanani ben Akashia, even though this mission is found at the end of Meseches Makais, not in Meseches Avais, not in Pirkei Avais, it is nevertheless the custom to say this Mishnah after you conclude every Herak, every chapter of Pirke Abes, Vahatamlaza. And why is this the custom? Kifish and Mefarish Rashi, as Rashi explains, Lefisha Yesh Basium Noah, because this is a pleasant conclusion. Nagu Kola Amla Amre Besef Koperak Koperak. So therefore, it became the Minhag, it became our practice to say this Mishnah at the end of every Perak that you finished. Because the custom is that you don't say Kaddish after you finish a Mishnah, Mishnayas, but you do after you finish a teaching from the Gemara that's an Agada, that's Agadita, um, that's kind of a story or a teaching. And so that's why this Mishnah was chosen 
And uh, when you hear people say Kaddish, who are Chiyuvim or Kaddish on a yard site, you know, they, they, um, they say the, the Mishnahis, and then they say Rebbe Chanani ben They say this Mishnah, and then they say Kaddish. Omnam, however, but because everything having to do with Torah has to be precise, and because a minhag is, there's nothing slight or trivial about a minhag, it's Torah, it's part of Torah. And especially because a number of the commentaries on Mishnayis incorporated this Bepirke <clears throat> Avais in their commentary on Pirke Avais rather than in Makais. Visham Perusha in Mufan and 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 their Hirishas understood there in Pirke Avais rather than in Makais. So it's uh, so I'm sorry, Perusha. So Mufan is understood from this. Shemaim Razeh Shayach Betoichne Lemeseches Avais. So it's understood that it's not just a pragmatic. Um, utilitarian move that we say this Mishnah because it has a nice ring to it, it's pleasant, and you need Agadita in order to say Mishnayas, but rather that there is an inherent link between this Mishnah and the contents of Pirkei Avos. Kemoikein, Minagis Roloimar, Lefnekol Peregim Pirkei Avos, and in like fashion, there is a Minag that before we start saying any Peregim Pirkei Avos, we say the Mishnah called Yisrael Yeshlam Chelik Elam Haba, that all of Israel has a place in Elam Haba, and for us this Mishnah is especially familiar, obviously. But its place, Shehi Mishnah be'Masecha Sanhedrin, but actually this Mishnah is found in Sanhedrin. Now the Rebbe says, Hamachana Hameshuta Binshtei Mishnayis, the common denominator between these two Mishnayis. That are said as a preface to saying Pirkei Avais, and then at its conclusion, in that both you have underscored the, um, the, the, the great wonder, the great Mila of Bnei Yisrael. The Mishnah called Yisrael, in the Mishnah that we say before. Um, we say call Yisrael, we underscore that each one of Bnei Yisrael is a branch of Hashem's plantings, of, of, of the plantings that Hashem planted with his own hands, as it were. And in the Mishnah with which we conclude our study of Pirkei Avais, we, we talk about that the proliferation in Torah and in Mitzvahs is for the purpose of Bnei Yisrael. That Hashem wanted to give schosim to Bnei Yisrael, and therefore He gave them much taira and many mitzvahs. Sarach lahavin, but we have to understand. Pirkei Avos, generally speaking, these mishnayos of Pirkei Avos, this mesecha, machilim kiedua hayrais vanhagais umidas taybeis, includes, as is well known practices and um, advice about comporting oneself in a proper way. Until it also includes words of chasidus. And the understanding here is it teaches us about going above and beyond what is actually mandatory.
So So what is the connection between Pirkei Avais, which seems to be comprised of pithy aphorisms and teachings and um, good advice. Some of it is is commonsensical. Uh, Some of it urges us to go above and beyond. But what what is the connection between this and underscoring the greatness of B'nai Yisrael? Si'if Beis. So we can only understand this first by prefacing with a more of an explanation on these Mishnaya. We need to understand these Mishnayas a little bit more deeply. So the Bartanura is to Mishnayas what Rashi is to Chumash. In other words, the de facto most basic expositor on Mishnayas. And the Bartanura explains, Therefore, Hashem heaped upon us many mitzvahs. For instance, all the halacha is having to do with reptiles and creeping, crawling creatures. In order to give us a greater schar, when we abstain from these um, <clears throat> creatures. Even though most likely we would not eat them anyway because they're absolutely disgusting. Now, what's interesting about this is that there are certain parts of the world where people do eat these. Um, they eat chocolate covered grasshoppers and, and other such gastronomical delights. Um, but still, there is probably resistance on the part of many people to eating these kinds of things. So the Bartanura says that um, that's an example of what it means here. The Abishter made certain things prohibited, even though we wouldn't go in that direction anyway. But that way we get an additional schus by not eating chocolate covered grasshoppers. And in like fashion, we could apply the same logic to aspects of Torah and its learning. The Abishter included in Torah things that we would might come to understand with our own seichel. But why was it included in Torah? In order to, to add on, to heap upon us greater schar. So when we learn these things that we might have come to by our own logic or uh, understanding anyway, but since it's part of Torah, it gives us an additional schar. But in accordance with this perush of the Bartanura, then the Rebbe says, it's not understood. The Rebbe poses two questions. First of all, the Lashon, the exact terminology that's being used here, here that Hashem um, made abundant for them, meaning for us, for B'nai Yisrael. Because if you're going to take the Bartanur's explanation that this is in order to give us more sechar, in order to give us more zechut, in order to make us more meritorious, so then this is a reason for only certain ones of the mitzvahs. But this would not answer the question, generally speaking, on most mitzvahs and most of the Torah. 
because it would be very, very hard to argue that most mitzvahs are things we would come to of our own accord, that most Torah we would come to understand with our own logic. So this could only be a reason for a certain percentage of the Torah. That's one, one problem or one question on this parish of the Bartanura. The second, halashin lezakais as Yisrael. So the Rebbe questions hirba, the word hirba that Hashem made abundant. And now he's questioning the term lezakais to make meritorious. Ki Because in accordance with what the Bartanur is explaining, he should have, the, the puzzle, the, in other words, the Mishnah, sorry, should have used a term that is more appropriate for expressing what is really being um, imparted here, which is it's about giving us more schar, it's about giving us more reward. Instead of saying to give them more merit, it should have said to make more abundant their reward. So Hashem gives us more mitzvahs so that he can reward us in greater measure. Those are the two questions on the Bartanura. See if Gimel. Harambam Mifarish is Mishnah Hanau. Now the Reb is going to bring how the Rambam um, explains this Mishnah. And the Rambam says, When a person will observe one of the 613 mitzvahs properly, and there will be no ulterior motive. There'll be no other motive except to serve Hashem properly. But this Jew will do it only for the sake of Hashem. Me'ava from a love for God, etc. So when a Jew does a mitzvah properly and completely and does it out of love, simply because they want to serve Hashem, then they, they merit the life of the world to come. And so it is on this that Rabbi Hanania taught so what's Rabbi Hananiah saying? That the reason why the Abishta here Balahem mitzvahs, why did the Abishta give us so many mitzvahs? Because, well, I'm jumping, I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Um, that's in the next paragraph, what I wanted to say now. So Rehananiah says that he's 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 addressing the fact that what's going to happen if there are so many mitzvahs that a person has to do and they're not going to do it properly. Maskunta means they're not going to be able to do it for the true purpose and they're not going to be able to do it completely. And it's only if they do it for the true purpose and they do it completely that they will be able to complete a mitzvah that will techaya nafshe, that will vivify their soul. 
So therefore, the Rambam learns that therefore, Hanani ben Akashi comes to teach us in the Mishnah, here, Bolehem Terem Mitzvahs. What did Hashem do? He gave us many mitzvahs. How does this help? Because since Hashem gave us an abundant of mitzvahs, it gives us more chances that we should be able to do at least one of them completely and totally and in consummate fashion. That's why he gave us so many. So in other words, you give more chances, you up the, you up the, the statistics, the statistical possibility that somebody will be able to do at least one of them properly, completely, keeping all the aspects of it, all the details, and so on and so forth. Amnum. Okay, so that's what the Rambam says. And that's why Rabbi Hananiah finishes with saying, Hashem did this because he wanted to give us merit. So by giving us many, many mitzvahs, he creates a possibility for us to do at least one of them or some of them completely and totally and perfectly and to get the schos from it. Um, however, but in addition to the fact that this still doesn't answer the question I had on the Bartanura, if anything, this just gives us more reason why it should have said that the Abishan wanted to give us more schar. Instead, the Mishnah says the Abishan wanted to give us merit. But the Rebbe says, but etzem ha perish derish beer. But the actual perish itself of the Rambam necessitates explanation. Rebbe says that from the Rambam's explanation, at least so far at first blush, it appears that the fact that Hashem gave us many mitzvahs is not because there is some wonderful superlative characteristic about the mitzvahs themselves, it's only utilitarian. It's a um, a, a conduit in Yantafel Bishfil Mitzvah by Dedes. It's actually ancillary. It's it's secondary to the mitzvah itself. It's simply creating an insurance policy that a Jew should be able to do at least one mitzvah with the right intention and to keep it fully and properly. So in other words, the Rebbe says, I'm bothered by the fact that it seems that the Rambam is saying that Hashem gave us a lot of mitzvahs. It's not the pshat that the mitzvahs themselves are so important, but the Abishra is increasing our chances of us doing something correctly. Because in order to get the schar to vivify our neshama, it has to be done for the right purpose. It has to be done in the right way. And so the Ebishter is really being kind to us, but it doesn't speak to the greatness of the mitzvahs themselves. So we go to Siv Dalit. 
And before the Rebbe gives us an explanation on this, he asks a number of questions, another four questions. Aleph. Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha Madgish. Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha underscores, Rotsa Kadesh Baruchu Lizakois es Yisrael. Hashem wanted to be Mizaka. He wanted to make us meritorious. Vi'ilu bepasuk. But in the pasuk that is brought by the Mishnah as a proof text, Hadgashahi, what's underscored in the pasuk is, Hashem Hashem desired this because of his righteousness. Because of his righteousness. So which is it? Is it that God wanted to do this because he wants to make us more meritorious? Or is this because Hashem wants to do this because it aligns with his righteousness? That's one question. Base. The Pasuk and in the Pasuk, it continues and it says, Yagdil Tervayadir. It speaks only about making the Torah more exalted and um, exponentially greater. But what about the mitzvahs? It doesn't address the mitzvahs. So normally we know that when a Mishnah or the Gemara tells us something, and then it brings a Pasuk, the Pasuk is meant to bolster what the teaching is. But in this case, the Rebbe says, one part of the Pasuk seems to kind of undermine what we thought the teaching was, because it's saying that the Abisha does this because of his tzedek, because of his righteousness. And that seems to be different than what the mission is saying that it's in order to give us chos. And then the second part of that puzzle says that it's about to make the terror greater and to exalt it. And then what does that have to do with the mitzvahs? And the Mishnah is about mitzvahs. Base. The second question, the Pasuk Meduba Raka, uh, sorry, that was the second question. The third question. We also have to ask, why is this Pasuk that is being brought as a proof text, why does it contain terminology that is not correlated to the terminology of the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah begins Hashem wanted. But in the Pasuk, that's brought down, again, to support this idea, it says, Hashem chafetz. So, Ratzain wanted, chafetz desired. And while we might just, you know, say, oh, whatever, just synonyms, no big deal, obviously, it is a big deal. And Hasidus speaks about the difference quite extensively, and we will talk about it slightly today. Even though we have a rule that the syntax and the diction of is different than the this is a rule. But nonetheless, 
we find very often that when Chazal learned something from a Pasuk in the Torah, they use the terminology of the Pasuk in their own teaching. And for example, and using the terminology we're looking at today, and the same subject matter, Torah Mitzvahs, Rebbe brings down, right? This is a very famous teaching. Those of us who have boys and had to teach yeshiva, had to, had to choose yeshivas, and maybe we thought a different yeshiva would be better, but our child wanted a certain yeshiva. And um, very often this teaching is trotted out that a person should learn in the place where they want to learn, where their heart desires to learn. So you could see that that same terminology, chefetz, is being used in both. The Rebbe is bringing a whole bunch of examples where the Lushan, the terminology used by Chachamim, correlates with the terminology used in Tanakh um, regarding the idea of and specifically using the term chifetz, which is about desire. So why in this Mishnah do we have disjunction between the teaching of the Mishnah, Ratzah Kaddish Baruch Hu, but then bringing down a Pasuk, Hashem Chafetz. Dalit, the fourth question is, HaMishnah Emeris L'Fichach Yerbalem Terem Mitzvahs. Right? The Mishnah says, therefore Hashem uh, caused that it should be an abundance of Terem Mitzvahs. HaPerish HaPashat Shel Hirba the simple explanation of hirba is quantitative, many, ukamus, quant- quantitatively many mitzvahs. But it would seem that in the passage that's being brought down, that this is about making the Torah exalted and um, and, and, and greater, it would seem that the simple explanation of is a qualitative uh, statement that you want to make the Torah more greater and more glorious and, and so on and so forth. So again, we have a disjunction between what the Mishnah seems to be saying and what this Pasuk that is being brought down as a proof text is imparting. See if hey. Nikudas Habir So the Rebbe says here is the Nikudas, the main point of the explanation to understand all of these questions. Again, why do we say this Mishnah before we start saying Perkeavis? Why do we say it after? And then the specific questions asked on the Mishnah, and specifically the way in which the proof text seems to not align so perfectly with the teaching in the, in the Mishnah. So Rabbi says like this, Haribui, the, the proliferation of Torah mitzvahs that is being mentioned in our Mishnah, it's 
it's not what you would think at first blush, and it's not in accordance with the mefarshim. Madua nitzdabo shazel misbar merupa. Why indeed were we commanded on six hundred thirty mitzvahs, which which is a large number? Shekain, because the Rebbe says in truth, ain koltam ayusoid hegyoni kama hayeterek liyos misbar mitzvahs. There really is no reason or logical underpinning for exactly how many mitzvahs we should have been commanded. And for any number that would be chosen, we could ask, why not more? Why not less? Ella. But rather, But rather, what the Mishnah is actually relating to is that in Torah mitzvahs, you could find an abundance, a proliferation that deal with the same topic. Kiloimar, that is to say, let's say, for argument's sake, that we need to be commanded on all the 613 things. It would have been eminently possible to bundle many of the subsidiary mitzvahs under one larger category of mitzvah. And in the exact wording and uh, in, in the teaching of Chazal, we have a famous teaching that David Amelch was able to distill all of the mitzvahs into 11. It would have been enough. If David Amelch was able to do it, it would have been enough that we get 11 mitzvahs. Then we have the famous teaching of that all of the mitzvahs are encapsulated in we see it could have been enough to, to have 10 mitzvahs. And uh, I'm sure people are familiar, everything could be distilled. But if it would have been that way, then there would have been many subsidiary details in each one of these larger mitzvahs. Because as it is, even when it's subdivided in 613, every mitzvah has so many details. So imagine what would have been if there would have been less mitzvahs. So now we're in a better position to understand what the Rambam was explaining. If we would have only had fewer mitzvahs, but each mitzvah would have had so many subsidiary details, how would it have been possible for a Jew to perform a mitzvah with the proper intention and to perform that mitzvah completely in a consummate fashion. And we might even say more than this. If a Jew would have trespassed, would have transgressed even one aspect of those, let's say, mega mitzvahs, then the whole mitzvah would have been missing something. It would have not had completion. Even though the Jew would have kept all the other details. 
So in other words, Rebbe is saying that the Rambam is, is explaining that the only way that we could get the schus for a mitzvah is by the Abishter here, Balahem Terah Mitzvah. The Abishter gave us an abundance, which means he broke them down. Even though it wasn't necessary to break them down, he broke them down. So it should be more manageable. Baby steps, baby bites. And even so, it's not such a simple thing to do a mitzvah for the right purpose and to do it completely, because even so, the mitzvahs are multifaceted, as it were. But had they been these mammoth mitzvahs, it would have been nigh impossible to achieve integrity in, in a complete integrity in observance of any one of these mitzvahs. Vav. So that's alpipshat, alpinigla. Ubipnimius ha'inyan. Because you can't clean for Pesach just on the level of nigla. You, you can't. So you need, we need, we need this. Kol mitzvah inyan betera Every mitzvah and every Indian in Torah is distinct. It's different from every other. And, and often enough, it's even antithetical. Beginning with a very general um, binary of positive mitzvahs and negative mitzvahs. Mitzvahs and mitzvahs then you have a Then you have the famous differentiation between mitzvahs that are testimony to a, a very pivotal things that happen in our history or ideas in our theology. Chukim, these are the statutes that are transrational, and mishpatim, these are what we might call torts, eminently logical. Then we have Then we have the subdivision to 630 mitzvahs. And each one of these mitzvahs includes specific content, reason, and intention. And we have the same thing when we learn Torah. Beginning famously with pardes, with the four ways in which anything in Torah could be learned, shot, the simple, remez, that which is alluded to, drash, the homiletics, and soid, the esoteric. Pshat, remez, drash, and soid. Then we have the hachilukim shal memtes panim tamay, memtes panim tar. We have a famous teaching that there are at least 49 ways in which you could argue that something is tamay, and 49 ways in which you can argue that something is tar. Then we have the famous teaching shiv and panim litayr, but there are at least 70 ways in which you can understand everything in Torah. And even more, there are six, no less than 600,000 ways to understand on every one of the aforementioned four strata of learning Torah. So clearly, <laughs> there's a lot of multiplicity. There's a lot of diversity. So now this necessitates understanding. One Torah, with all of its mitzvahs, given by one God. 
ve'inyanim lahamshik legalis Hashem echad u'shmoi echad. And the whole reason is in order to reveal that Hashem is one and His name is one. As achdusay hapshuta shal kadosh baruch hu, to showcase and to broadcast the absolute unity of Hashem. Move on Efei. Asher gam b'avedasa shal Yehudi amur l'shtakeit b'chol mitzvah oise kavana v'tachlis achas v'yechida. And so it stands to reason that in the Avoida of a Jew, in each aspect of our Avoida, there has to be reflected this kavana, this intention, one and only intention, tunnel vision. It's all to effectuate this, this bond, this unity between the one who fulfills the mitzvah and Hashem Echad. And this is unqualified unity. And the same thing when we learn Torah, it's all about uniting with, with who gave the Torah through grasping the Torah through our intellect. And the same thing when it comes, again, What's the point of Torah mitzvahs? To take away the helen, to take away that which shrouds and obscures and obfuscates that which vivifies the world, its creator, Hashem. And because of the helen behester, should be ita for, for because of the helen behester, because there is helen behester, Therefore, there exists multiplicity, multifariousness, diversity, plurality in every aspect of this world. But what is the point of learning Torah? The whole point is to take the world, which presents as a Rishus Harabim, a marketplace of ideas and isms and ideologies, and so on and so forth, and to create from it all a Rishos HaYachid, a place that in manifest fashion is owned and reflects only one thing, obviously the Ebeshter. Through revealing the Achdus of Hashem in the world. So if the whole thing of Torah Mitzvah is unity, 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 get to the oneness, get to the oneness, strip away all the layers of veneer and facade to reveal the one unifying factor, why does there seem to be so much multiplicity in the Torah itself? Al-Kach Masbira HaMishnah Therefore, the Mishnah explains, And that is answering the question of why the Mishnah uses the term lezakais and doesn't talk about schar, but rather about merit. Why? Because lezakais, because the word merit, is etymologically linked to the term of refinement. 
Um, this, this is something we could stop and talk about for such a long time, but we're not going to. Um, but the idea that the ultimate schar is the refinement that we, that we merit through engaging in the Torah mitzvahs. So what, what's the merit? The merit is that you become refined. And therefore, the Ebesha gave us Tarehmetsvus. Okay, so this is very, very Gishmaka Indian here. The Ebesha didn't want just that there should be more bitl on the part of B'nai Yisrael to godliness. The Ebesha wasn't just looking for self abnegation, give it up to God. But also to effectuate the idea of us being refined. And what's the difference between just asking for bittle and wanting us to be refined? What's the difference? The concept of bitl is that a person loses their sense of self, and in this way they cleave onto God. And therefore, Although a person is comprised of so many different energies and different limbs and different aspects, in fact, there is so much differentiation that we have, according to our tradition, 248 limbs and 365 sinews and, 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 and arteries, etc., etc. Imzois. And still in all, but the truth of the matter is that there is no efficacy to this differentiation when it comes to bittle, to self-nullification or abnegation. So when it comes to affecting bittle and the, um, the lack of self-existence, None of this differentiation actually is part of the equation. And therefore, when you talk about bittel, the differentiation is not part of the discussion. It's a more general thing. The person, most generally speaking, is mevatel themselves to Hashem. On the other hand, actually, probably in contradistinction, but when you're talking about refinement, the Indian of refinement, so, but, but Zichuch is about something else. Bittel, you could say, is almost about like shutting yourself down. Zichuch is about each and every aspect of the person becoming refined and becoming one with Hashem. The Khan Adraba, and in this avoid on the contrary, on the contrary, Yesh Mishkal Here, 
the multiplicity and the multifariousness of the aspects of the person become very, very important. Mishum because in refinement, that has to take place in specific matter, manner regarding each limb and each aspect of the person. So if you want to talk about bitol, so just be mevatel yourself. Just, just, just be mevatel yourself. But if you want to talk about refinement, so every aspect of the person has to be treated individually and very distinctly in order for it to be refined. And so here, it's very important to talk about the variety and the multiplicity. And since B'neus Hashem wanted to affect by us, not just Bittal, Hashem was not looking for Ottomans, for puppets, for robots, that we should shut ourselves down and just sit pretty and, and just ask how high should we jump. But the Abish was looking to refine us. Therefore, lefichach here b'lehem mitzvahs. Specifically for that reason, the Abish gave us an abundance of Torah mitzvahs. Mikan noivim mitzvahs. Actually, the Rebbe is saying that it's from the very fact that we are so complicated and so multifaceted. It is from that fact that it flows that there should be so many different mitzvahs and so many ways of understanding the term. Mishum shalaklal mitzvah in Yonaha miyuchara peyo zichroch bekoyach eber begid misuyamin ba'adam. Vechem bechelik misuyam ba'elam. Because every mitzvah has a different and distinct inning about it that can effectuate a refinement of a, a certain aspect of the person and also has the ability to affect the part of the world in a very specific way. And the same thing is true about Torah. The very many different strata and substrata and aspects of the Torah and how it's learned effectuate a refinement in different ways on the different aspects of our cognitive abilities. And um, we all know that, that, that there's certain parts of the Torah that we resonate with more than others. And that's one way of understanding what we say constantly um, every person has a chalik of Torah that is specific to them, that speaks to them in a different way, or that they, like we say in Yiddish, they kochen, they, they resonate with, and they like to repeat a lot, and so on and so forth. Every part of Torah is distinct and speaks to a different part of our intellect. And... Um, I'm being told that we should go to footnote 37, 38, 37. If you look into the Sefer, so we know that there are 600,000 mega souls from which all souls are derived. 
and the Torah is the Shoresh of the Neshamas, because the souls were hewn out from and are sourced in, and therefore, therefore there's 600,000 Pirushim in the Torah, because every Neshama is correlated with a different Pirush. Thank you, Chani. Um, so now we're Sif Ches. Amnam, however, Tzarach Lahavim. Based on what the Rebbe has now told us, we have to understand. From the perspective of the Achdos Hashem, the unqualified Achdos of Hashem, Terah Mitzvahs should have been presented without this differentiation, without the multifariousness and, and all the different strata and facets, etc., etc. Because Hashem is Echad. And then, according to this, the fact that Hashem gave us an abundance of Torah and is only in order to be able to refine us. You'd say, so it appears, so it seems that the that the multiplicity in Torah and Mitzvahs creates a descent. I'm sorry, it, it creates a descent which doesn't seem to jibe and it doesn't seem to be connected so much with the, the essence of Torah and Mitzvahs, which is all about unqualified unity. And therefore, the Mishnah brings down this Pasuk, a Pasuk about which the Rebbe questioned a number at three different aspects of this Pasuk. The Rebbe questioned, how does the jibe with the Mishnah? But now the Rebbe is going to say, but you're going to see why exactly only this Pasuk could serve as a proof text for what we are learning. Sha'adrab, on the contrary, through this passage, we're going to learn that when B'nai Yisrael keep the mitzvahs, the multiplicity of Torah and mitzvahs actually causes Kavyachal a exaltedness and an amplification of the greatness of the Torah. And this is because Hashem chafez laman tzidkoi. And now we have to understand what does it mean Hashem chafez laman tzidkoi? That Hashem desires for the sake of his righteousness. Seif tes. The explanation of these things is as follows. It's explained regarding the famous teaching that Hashem desired a dwelling place, domicile, an abode in the lower realm. We know that the innermost kavana of this is that the dwelling place should be and the resting should be in the souls of B'nai Yisrael, that B'nai Yisrael should be the place where Hashem rests. 
Ki hadira, because this abode, this apartment, this dwelling place, la mitasa, in truth, he davka keshi nasis ayadei zichuch pnimi adam. Because in truth, this can only happen when there is a inner and true refinement of the person. Zaysamaris, that is to say, kashar kol kayach prati lefi mehusay v'inyanay, when every aspect and every sub-aspect of the person becomes one with Hashem. So it's not enough that generally speaking, the yid should be nisbatel, the yid should be in a state of bitl to Hashem. But every aspect of the Jew has to be refined and in this way united with Hashem. Biram, in truth. From the perspective of the intention of this abode for Hashem, the way it is found in Hashem's essence. So essentially, there is no place for multiplicity, for diversity, for plurality. And it's not even possible on this level, on the level of atmos of Hashem, at the essence of Hashem, at the, at the essence where there is this unqualified achdos, it's not even possible for there to be felt, God forbid, anything that is outside of this unity. But davka but it's specifically when it comes down into this world, when it devolves into this world, and in that process, the unending light of Hashem contracts and becomes concentrated. And Hashem wanted specifically that the world should be created through the agency of 10 utterances. And each one of these said honorances has many words and many letters. Although Hashem could have created the world with only one utterance, with one fiat. And the fact that the Ebeshter created the world Dafka through 10 utterances and not one gives rise to the multiplicity of this world, so much so even to the idea of that a person should think that Hashem has a committee, a presidium, and together they're going to make men. And Hashem wanted the davka within the multiplicity and the multifariousness should be apprehended and should be revealed that the source of it all is one thing. And this is the kavan of the dira, that this revelation and this recognition should come about through the individualized and differentiated refinement of each of the inner aspects and energies of a person. Ke'es, now at this moment, after we have learned the above, 
Yuvana Hevdela Omar ben Alosha Bemaimarazal Bemishno ben Loshana Kasov. Now we're in a permission, we're in a position to understand and to appreciate the difference between the terminologies used in the Mishnah and then in the Pasuk that's brought as a proof text. So in Tereshabhtav, the way Hashem's name is written, Mikar Kol Inyan Kefishahu There, the way it's written in the Tereshabhtav, it's a reflection of how things are at their source. The Pnimius Hakavana, in the innermost strata of the intention. And now going back to our Pasuk in the Mishnah, at the source of Inyanim, the intention is actually Laman for Hashem's righteousness. Omnam, however, but how this comes down and is revealed and is drawn down in Tereshabal Peh, Al Derch Ani Nikra the way in which I am read. So for instance, we know in the Torah, the name of Hashem, the famous name of Hashem is written in one way, but we pronounce it a completely different way. It's written Yud, Hey, followed by a Vav and Hey, but we pronounce it Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. Sham ki so in the way things come down and the way they trickle down, on that level, we see that it's about Hashem wanting to give us merit, or give us additional refinement. This reflects the way in which we are as it were in our perception, separate and apart from Hashem. So maybe one way of explaining this is that there are two sides to this coin. And on one side of the coin, there's the way it is in the shayrish, there's the way it is in the source, in the essence of Hashem. And there it's about sitkoi, his righteousness. But on the other side of the coin, it's the way it comes down into this world and it relates to us and the way in which Hashem wants to make us meritorious or Alpipremius wants to refine us. Zeo Gamma Hevdel, and now we're in a position to understand the difference between Habituim Ratza Bechafetz. Now we can understand the difference between the concepts of Ratzain and Chefetz. And this is something that's discussed at great length in other places in Chassidus. We're not going to go into great length here. Not in this Sicha, but in many other places, um, this same concept that we're going to learn is referred to as Chitzainius Haratzain and Pnimius Haratzain. The external will and the innermost will. Ratzah the term ratza, translated as will, metaert nua, metaert nua, The term ratza, will, describes an overture. 
it describes a stirring of desire, the way in which it comes down, and a desire that expresses itself to a certain thing, ledavar hanirza. And therefore, this term is applied when we're talking about what Hashem wanted to do with B'nai Israel. The chafetz, the desire, is the pleasure that is inherent in this will. And therefore, when it talks to, about Hashem, it uses the term chafetz. Let's do one more paragraph and then we'll explain. So what's the difference between ratzayin and chafetz? So, so far we said that ratzayin is a will towards something external and chafetz bespeaks uh, inner inherent, intrinsic desire that is tied up with a pleasure. What's the difference? We can understand it when we look at the way this is true in our own lives. Ratzayin is always about being drawn to something that is outside of you. This is different than when you talk about chafetz and tainug. Now you're talking about something that is tied up with a person's pleasure. Um, let, let's talk about a couple of examples. It's true that you could reward a person, a child, an older person with something that is external or extraneous to their self. You could buy them a present. You could give them stars on a chart, you could buy them a treat, etc., etc. But the deepest kind of reward is actually by saying something that validates who they most want to be. So when you say to somebody, wow, that was this, that, and the other, and this correlates to to who they want to be seen as, now you have touched something much deeper. A different example the need and therefore the inherent, intrinsic, endemic desire of each person is to have a place to live. So much so that the Gemara says that if a person doesn't have a house, they're not considered a person. That's chafetz. That's tainuk. But what the house should look like, that's already ratzen. That's already a more chitzenistic aspect of ratzen. And that is going to depend on a person's ideas about what their house should look like, who they're comparing themselves to, what they've been exposed to in the past. One person could live in a hovel and feel very, very happy. One person could live in a palace and still feel like it's not enough. Okay, so that can help us understand a little bit the difference between 
inherent desire that is connected to the deepest pleasure or need within us, as opposed to rutzing. And, and you could even say that that's why everybody is in a shtickle tizzy and a mess, because the whole Instagram feeds the Ratzin HaChitzayni and not the Ratzin HaPnimi. So you have to make, on a fast day, you have to make the, the cinnamon buns. Now it became a mitzvah daraisa because everybody else on Instagram is making cinnamon buns. And you need these boots and you need this tchotchke and you need the other tchotchke. And if you don't buy this kind of meat and you don't buy these kinds of flowers, then, you, then uh, what's going to be? But, but this is not really what makes us tick. So it's just feeding a greater problem where people think, okay, I'm going to spend more money, I'm going to have this, and then I'm going to be happy. It's not going to happen. But okay, enough get played it. I'm sorry. So um, that's the difference between Rutzen and Chefetz. And from this flows the difference. So in Rutzen, there's going to be a million differences. Don't think that what they tell you on Instagram you need today is going to be tomorrow. No, this whole thing is powered by, by gluttony and a need to sell stuff. So tomorrow you're going to need something completely different. It's going to conform to the things that you're drawn to and to the, the level of your connection to them. But when you're talking about taino, when you're talking about an innermost desire that is connected, taino means pleasure. Here you're talking about the soul taking pleasure in itself, not superimposed on it, not an overlay. Now I'm going to buy another shmat, and now I'm going to be happy. I'm going to buy another thing, I'm going to be happy. Ein chiluk mahi sibas it's not, the Tainuk doesn't come from something. It's only triggered, but that's not the cause. Because the Tainuk is actually caused only by the Nefesh itself. It's inherent. Yes, it's triggered by a compliment somebody might give you or words of affirmation or validation. But it doesn't come from that. So these two madregas, this binary, exists generally speaking in Torah mitzvahs. There's the way the Torah exists above in heaven. On a level that transcends multiplicity and differentiation. And then there's the way the Torah comes down and devolves here into this world. And on that level, there's multiplicity and there's differentiation. And this comes to expression in the difference between Torah and mitzvahs. Because when you compare Torah and mitzvahs, Taira compared to mitzvahs is all about achdus. Okiyadua, as is known, shatayra nimshla ladam. Taira is compared to blood. Asher mitzvah sadam shove bechol makam And blood 
is a, is a systemic system. It's, it's everywhere in the same way, everywhere in the body. The ilo mitzvah nimshul levarim. Mitzvahs are compared to limbs. Asher kol ever mugdar bigdare vitsiyuroi vishayna me'ever sheni. And each limb and each organ has different parameters and has different specs, as it were, and it has a different construct. It's different. So Torah is about unity. Mitzvah is more an expression of multiplicity. Omnam, however, hold on to your seat now. This is amazing. It's Dafka when the Torah comes down, and in its multiplicity and differentiation, in order to refine us, but because it's coming down, because this is a reflection of Hashem's innermost desire because of his righteousness, because it's tied up with Hashem's intention and with his um, Pleasure. So now there is added and amplified to the greatness of the Torah that is above. In other words, not only is this not a descent, because the Abishta has Rahmanis on his children, and so he allows his Torah to come down. And when it comes down, it you know, there's a splintering and there's a multiplicity, etc. Not only does this not impact the Torah in any deleterious way, but on the contrary, it adds in Madrega, it adds and it augments. It amplifies the greatness of the Torah. More than the Torah is as it is above. What happens through this is that there is a hamshacha, there is a drawing down of the infinite in Torah. Well, there, and, okay, so uh, not that I am qualified to speak to this at all, um, but on on the most simple level, of course, when we talk about the Ebishter, there's constantly different madrigas and different madrigas and different madrigas and different madrigas, right? So the Torah is one with Hashem, but there's a level above it, ain't safe. And when the Torah comes down, and we little tiny nothings with all of our frailties and our limitations and our foibles, when we keep the Torah, there is an amplification of the greatness of the Torah that infuses an aspect of Ein Saif in Torah. Like what's explained in Kabbalah, that David HaMelech used to be Mechaber, the Torah as it's above, with the level of Kuchabricho. And the level of Kuchabricho is already a level that is connected to this world. And now we can really understand the difference in the terminology used by Chazal and the terminology used in Tanakh. 
Mispataz Dargas Hatayr Shalemaila. In Tereshibhtav is expressed the level of Torah, the way it is above this world, Bechinas Haklal Shebitara, the most general aspect of the Torah. That transcends and that is higher than differentiation and multiplicity. Because when you look in whether it's mitzvah, whether it's the mitzvahs are presented in a way that's really obscure, they're really indistinct. You don't have the details. You don't even have the largest idea of the mitzvahs. It's not revealed. It's not known. But in Teresh Peh, that's where you get the details. Because that's where you get the aspect of Torah that is about differentiation. And therefore, the Tarash explains how is the fulfillment of Hashem's desire expressed in the Tarash that's above. That is higher than multiplicity and diversity. And on this level, now the Rebbe is answering another question. On the level upstairs of Torah that transcends this world, the amplification that is effected through the Torah mitzvahs that we do here is be'echos. It's qualitative. Yagdil The Torah is made greater and amplified and more glorious. I'm going to skip the brackets for now. The ilu but in the Tereshe Valpeh, Bo Begilui Ketzad Nishlemes Kavana Zuba Madrega shall hear Belehem Torah Mitzvahs. But the Tereshe Valpeh speaks to our experience down here, where there is Hischalkos, there is separation, there is diversity, there is multiplicity. Therefore, it uses the term, Hear Belehem, Hashem gave us an abundance. We'll go back to the brackets if we have time. See if you'd base. Bezem move on. And through this is understood. Gam also madua osid. Why it says the Torah will be made more great and more glorious in the future. And not in the past. Hashem made great and glorious. Because the amplification and the exaltedness of the the way it is in its source above, because that exaltedness upstairs comes only after our work downstairs. After Hashem gave us many mitzvahs, a lot of Torah. And this shlav, uh, this um, stage, is only drawn down 
and, and revealed through the mitzvahs and through Torah. Shabal Peh. So the real amplification and greatness and exaltness of the Torah is done in the future. After, from what is just alluded in the Torah, so the real, the true amplification and, 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 and greatness of the Torah and its glory is only affected after the Torah Shabbat Peh comes and explains all the details and it is studied and it leads to action. And this also very much correlates with a simple explanation of this Pasuk Yagdil Torah Biyadir and the Radak explained that this will be in, in Lasid Lavai. So it's Mishum Shamitis Giluize Yerakashir Yushlam Bipoil Hatalik Shalazakis is Israel. Because the truth is that the ultimate greatness and glory and amplification of Hashem's Torah will only be at the completion of the whole journey of refining B'nai Yisrael. Hamizbatza, which will be affected and accomplished, but it will only come to fruition, and we're still en route. We're still in the process. Yud Gimel. Al pikol hanal, based on all of the above, nitan gam levar eshaychus hamishneh, ebchananya ben akashya oimer, lepirke ovois. And now we circle back. So what's the connection between this Mishnah, which comes from a totally different part of Mishnah, is to Pirkei Avais. Pirkei Avais is what we learn as a preparation to Matan and to Chag Hashvois. The Bartanura writes at the beginning of his explanation to Mesechas Avais, to Pirkei Avais, Vatanu explains that Pirke Abais is not um, based on one aspect of halacha like all the other mesechtas. All the other mesechtas have an area of focus. You have sukkis, you have Rosh Hashanah, you have taris, you have negais, you have different aspects. Because this part of Mishnah is comprised of um, teachings about um, acting properly and having and, and having the right attributes. And the truth of the matter is that all of this or much of it was conveyed by Chachmei Umasa'ilam, by smart people who are not Jewish of the world. They also wrote books like this that came from their hearts about Musar giving us um, admonition and, and direction. How to how to act in chaveray with with another person, 
And therefore, because there are other books that can guide you in how to be a good person, a kind person, a decent person, and so on and so forth. Therefore, Pirkei Abbas begins with that Moshe received this Torah from Sinai to tell you just to make sure that you understand that this is not stuff that the Chachmei HaMishnah belched out of their hearts or their elbows. This also came from Har Sinai. So then there could arise a question. Since books like these that present good advice about how to comport yourself already exist, they already exist. So why address this at Sinai as part of Torah? It already exists. So Rabbi says, this question is addressed by this Mishnah with which we preface learning Pirkei Abbas. Because the purpose of Torah Mitzvah is to refine Every one of our kreches, every one of our energies, every one of our aspects, every one of our attributes. And therefore, even things that deal with common decency, common courtesy, etc. We're told at Sinai as part of the Torah. Because the purpose is not just to teach us mimos, just to teach us good manners. No, that's not why it comes to us. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Um, sorry. Ela be'ikar, but mainly this is taught to us, lifal as biru chamitas, to effectuate the refinement and perhaps the crystallization of our midas, of our attributes, true refinement, true evolving, perhaps spiritually, this can only happen through the fact that Hashem gave us abundant of Terimitzes. Yes, you want to learn pedestrian manners that you could learn from other sources. But if you want to be a refined vessel for godliness, that's only possible through Hirbalahem Terimitzes. Hashem gave us so many different mitzvahs and so many aspects of Torah, inclusive of aspects of Torah that maybe certain things we could find in other places. But it's not the same. And the final, if you're Dalit, Ach, 
Adayin drusha tesefes beer, but we still need a little bit more explanation. How is it possible to say that the whole purpose of Taira is to affect the refinement of our mitas and our kaychas? We could understand if we were talking about the refinement of the neshama. Because we know that the root, the source of the neshama is higher than the source of Torah. That the thought of B'nai Yisrael alighted in Hashem's thought process, as it were, before anything else. Even before Torah. However, but in consonance with the rule that the most important thing is action, so we must be speaking here about the refinement of the aspect, the natural aspect of our animal soul inclusive of the refinement of the limbs of our actual body. That when you look topically, externally, the body of a Jew does not seem to be different than the body of an Andrew. So, so how is it possible to postulate that the main purpose and the goal of the Torah on its highest level, is for the purpose of refining the energies and the aspects of the body and the animal soul. In order to explain this, now we understand why we say the Mishnah, every Jew has a place in Olam Haba. The Olam Haba that is referred to in this Mishnah is not referring to Gan Eden. It's speaking about after Mashiach comes, what's called Olam Hatchia, when Hashem has come back in Gufim, everybody is coming back, call Yisrael. He call Yehudi, because every Jew, even just from the perspective of his body, is a planting of my hand, Hashem says, in which I take great pride. Okiyadua, and as is well known, especially for us after last class, when we read the poem about the Bechira, Bechira's HaKadosh Baruch that true choice belongs only to Hashem. It's unadulterated, it's unfettered, it's, it's not impacted by anything else. That the, that the choice that Hashem's choosing us, 
And as we learned, the true inner of Bechira relates only to essence, only to Atmos, and therefore, ultimately, only to Hashem. When Hashem chose the Jews, He didn't just choose our souls. He chose our bodies. And now, once we understand this, So now there's no wonder. We have no question. We have no, we're no more confused about the idea that the entire kavanah of the Torah is to refine Yisrael as midoisa v'gufay hagashmiim, the very physical aspects of us. And specifically through this, Nimshach B'Tayra Gam Chafez Hashem comes down into the Torah, the innermost desire and pleasure Hashem, Shabbat Musa Yisbarach, that is found in his essence, V'Nase Yagdil Torah V'Yadir. And through this, the Torah is made greater and more exalted and amplified. Could you please look at footnote 74? I know it's late, but we just have to read this. Re'ei Teir Sholem Shon, Mepiskome Rabbeinu Hazakin, the Alter Rebbe used to say, Menhat Kain Hasaganit, we have no idea how precious the body of a Jew is to the Abishar. So next time when you're feeling like another potato, another potato, and another kugel, and another kugel, and that, it's all feeding the bodies of Yidin, and we have no idea how precious this is to the Abishar. So wishing everybody a wonderful week ahead, a productive week. We should get everything done on our list much more quickly than we could ever imagine. Um, and are there any questions or outstanding uh, things we have to tie up? Rifki, could you tie up the end one more time, please? The, I, the, the, um, the idea of the book, just... Okay. <laughs> So the idea of the Gulf So let me open up the Sikha one second. Okay. So the last, in the last if, the Rebbe says, but still, after everything is said and done, how can we say that, that the sum total of the Torah is in order to refine us? Really? That's the sum total? And he says, Bemela, I could understand it if you're talking about the neshama, to refine the neshama. Because we know that the neshama, the idea of neshama, the desire for neshama of Israel, that precedes even the Torah. So there's a hierarchy. So we could understand how the Torah should serve the purpose of the neshama. But if we're going to be consistent, and if we belong to a theology that says, the main thing is the action, and the action can only be done by the goof. So we have to say that the zichuch, that the refinement, is not talking about the neshama. 
alone. It's talking about the refinement of the body. And the body, when you look at it at first blush, when you look at it externally, doesn't seem to be different than a non-Jewish body. But the Rebbe says, no, it's not true. Because when the Abishter created us, when he wanted the idea of a Jew, he chose not only the soul, but also the body. And in order to answer this question, we say, call Yisrael Yeshem Haba. And the Rebbe brings down that this is not talking about Ganeid. If it was talking about Ganeiden, that's a place only for Nishamas. That is luxury hotel furnishings, top notch. But we're not talking about that because this Olam Haba is talking about Olam Hatchia. Olam Hatchia is after Mashiach comes, will be Nishamas and Gufim. So if it says, call Yisrael Yishlam Haba, every Jew is coming back, that means that every Guf is precious and pure and holy. And, and uh, in the footnote, we, we, um, the Rebbe brings down that what the Alta Rebbe used to say, that we have no concept. We have no idea of how precious this is to the Ibsha. Excellent, thank you. Beautiful. Beyond, we're just so privileged. It's just, it's, it's really, really amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. And again, a refor shlema ukreva to harav yesef yitzchak ben sima chasya. For the rach animal, for the little boy. Ayach yamim v'shanim teves. Ayelev ben amira liora. Amen. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you.